This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A, a, a grain of rice, a, a, a grain of rice is going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. So hi folks out there, how are you all? Uh, hope you're all coping and keeping sane and everything else. And uh, you're very welcome to the Irish Examiner's weekly uh, podcast here. We're, we're trying to keep it going. Uh, obviously, we've no matches to talk about as such, except some of the great ones we're watching over the weekend uh, on various channels, uh, TG Car and some of the great teams that won all Ireland's. And I suppose there's a few teams due now over the next weekend, weeks and months that are going to be on as well and unfortunately we just have to watch them I suppose we've nothing else to do but uh, on that topic uh, delighted to be joined by uh, Kilmockridge's and Buffers Ali's finest and a great old pal of mine Tom Dempsey Demps, how are you coping down there? Uh, we're, we're just about getting by down here Dalo. It's, it's look it's tough times a kind of a such you know but I, I think there is an advantage to living out the country at the moment as well I, I was saying to you there offline that we had George down George O'Connor who's a great friend of yours as well but uh, George he's a great man with a chainsaw Dalo. so he uh, Jesus <laughs> He was a great man with a hurl. You, you might say the hurl was the chainsaw, was it? But he was down before the lockdown now, I'll, I'll, I'll pronounce. But uh, I can see the Slaney now from my back kitchen perfectly. He's cut every tree in the back garden and we've firewood for the whole winter. And uh, I'll tell you, he frightened the life out of me. He was bad for going up on heights in the field to catch the ball, but he, he was going up trees and I was saying to myself, oh my God, if he falls down there. But he certainly operates with the chainsaw with the same fearlessness as he did on the hurling field, uh, Dalo. I'll tell you that. Uh, some man, as I think you'll agree with me on that one. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'll tell you. Um, I can just, for people out there who are on their daily walk, cycle, whatever it is, trying to kill the time and are listening to us, um, just picture George O'Connor walking towards you with a chainsaw on his hand. I I, I find that hard to... Con- and on, on images of George, like, them, you know, and we'll get on to the, I suppose, the juicy stuff later on, but... That image, I think, for me, of the last century in Hurland, you know, and like I, I'd like to think we had great days. And, but like that image of George on his hands and knees, almost in prayer, uh, is one that resonates, I think, with every Hurland person. And like, like as it, as I said at the time, like that Limerick team, while at the time I had no great sympathy for them because they were like, you know, <laughs> if you like to kidding yourselves with, with that and maybe offering yourselves at the time, but... Uh, in later years after that you know Kirby and Houlihan and Carey and you know Davy Clark great guys the Nashes and all those and, and they had no they never got their All-Ireland really but George like for me had soldiered so long and it just typified what it meant to Wexford but I think also for Hurling people what it meant to see a fella like George getting his reward after all the toil uh, there's no doubt, Delo. I mean, really, it was the iconic image of 1996 for us. George on his hands and knees praying to heaven, thanking whoever, the, the, the Lord above him, whatever. I think he even ended up on the St. Martin magazine, would you believe, on the front cover of it. So he literally, he transcended all is the it, parameters. Is that, is, that, is that St. Martin's, the club? Or the, or, <laughs> no, 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 that's the, the whole that's the holy newspaper deal. He, <laughs> he probably was on the front of the club magazine as well now, I have to say. But it's certainly, you see, you have to remember, Dalo, success came at a late age for a lot of us. Like, in fairness to George, he went up to Hogan Stand in 1979 uh, to collect an Oroctus uh, trophy or whatever. And from that to 1996, his career just went by with no 
success, not be it he had he had greatness, but no success. I mean, he, he, he trundled through the years. But I always remember him a bit like you. Now, I know that you would have been blood and thunder in the dressing room, Dalo, but I remember going out for a Leinster semi-final final in the late 80s. And uh, George, I'd be a kind of lad like to be left alone. Story and Shawnee Flood could be having maybe a faggy in the cubicle in the toilet. That all stopped with Griffin as well. But George would be absolutely, don't go near him. You know, Liam Dunn and George, don't go near them because they're, they're likely to hit you. They're, they could go out through the window as quick as the door now. You know, they were serious men. But I was what trundling on down the tunnel going out and I put my hand up on the uh, wall just to steady myself. And the next minute, George just pulled on the wall about... I'd say two inches above me, my fingers. And he, he wouldn't have broken my fingers, Dalo, but he would have severed them. But I remember being out on the field about 15 minutes later. I was lining up on Martin Hanemi and I was still looking at my fingers to see where they're still there. I said, Hanemi was the least of my problems that day. But yeah. he, was, he was a great guy. Yeah, He was a tough, do you know what? He was a tough, tough man, uh, Dalo. He really was. Jesus. I remember one of my first league games, them, um, we, uh, we we go back to that infamous quarterfinal game there uh, in a while, but uh, no, it was a regular league game. We had to go down to the uh, New Ross to play, you know, in fairness, and you were being good to us by playing <laughs> at New Ross. Do you know what I mean? Because the journey yeah. wasn't half as bad. We're going to New Ross, but himself, and you probably remember James Shanahan. He's son now, Jamie, would be on the yeah. current clear team. Do you remember remember him well. Great player, but James Shanahan, boy, was a, a raw, hard man from Broadford, as they make him down there now. And one of my, I was inside corner back, left corner back, couldn't tell you now who was on or whatever. Do you know, it was so long ago now, you know, 90, 91, whatever. But the two of them were on each other midfield. And while they would have had massive respect for each other, someone drew a bit early or a bit this, you know, as, as happened. <laughs> I do, I do, I do, do that time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they were, they were two tough men and they didn't want to be seen, good crowd there, or Division 1. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, they didn't want to be seen to be backing down either of them. And like Jesus, for the next fifteen minutes, and I think Lingainer just decided we're getting nothing out of James because he's so caught up with fucking match and George that he he took put him in centre forward, which he was quite comfortable playing as well. Um, and that ended it. Like, but I I, I remember looking out the field. I think John Maroney, the late great John Maroney, was beside me and fullback, and looking out. I remember looking across at John Maroney and he glancing at me at one stage saying. Jesus is well off in here, like, as good to uh, say, like, you know. I tell you, Dale, and, and funny funny about him, well, actually, Dale, if that had been Cork or Tipperary, we'd have brought him to Gory, but it just showed you the esteem, the esteem we, we didn't hold you in at that stage. We, we said I, we'd go down to Ross. We felt a bit sorry for you at that time. I don't know. <laughs> we felt sorry for ourselves, but I remember even training one night, uh, Griffin, the games, you know, the, probably Wexford weren't seen to have these blood and thunder games like Cody, but by God, we had some serious games. But Tomas Codd, who was a brother-in-law of mine, and George were in the middle of the field in Wexford Park one evening, and Griffin was, he had swallowed the whistle, we'd lost the whistle, but the two boys, for the full hour, literally pulled on each other from start to finish. There was no ball, but I remember Shawnee Flood was playing on me, wing back, and Flood caught maybe the arm, walked out, put his hurl along the 70, he said, Tom, do you see that? You and me won't pass that tonight, he said, because we're not, the two boys were midfield, we, were, we weren't taking any chances, but if you want, I, 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 suffice it to say, Dalo, if you wanted to go with any man, to war with any man on the Wexford team, George would have been the last one I'd have picked. Now I have to say, <laughs> yeah, oh Jesus, no, no, no thanks. Like and, and like that, like uh, that's gas that you said that about the training matches. Like, like famously with us to be Brian Law and Conor Clancy, you know, and yeah. they go at it, and you'd be marking fingers, like, and fingers will be as tough now. If you played O'Callaghan's Mills, fingers will go to war with you very quick. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like we'd be marking each other away, like, and there'd nearly be a code there that. If I had three or four balls cleared fingers as you and I'll pint. I know, I know that. <laughs> Dalo, I think I, I must be very liking thinking with you, by myself and Flood did the very same thing. Yeah, it was great to have an understanding with lads. Right? <laughs> yeah, we both got on the team. Two <laughs> boys might be rolling around the ground, like trying to pull yeah. the heads off each other. I need to look at them two apes in there. Like. <laughs> uh, Dalo, I, I, one last one. I, was, I, was, I always remember Rod Guiney and Tommy Kill one night training as well. And my God, there was, uh, there was blood being spilled. But I always, I was standing, I wasn't trained that night. And Fitzy, Damien Fitz would land the ball now within an inch of exactly where he wanted to put but every single puck out Fitz got he'd smile to me and landed straight down on top of the two boys and there would be ash and oh it was great but you know what there were I wonder Dana, did we take ourselves as seriously that time we probably did you were pretty serious anyway but I, I don't know was, it, was there a better crack I, I don't know I, I think there was a bit now you know I, th I think there was and I think do you know when you when you t turn the corner I think Dems as kind of being 
I've used this phrase a few times because Michael Carruth used to be involved as I know Billy Walsh used to give a good hand in Wexford as well and uh, con- you know pretenders to contenders and we were only pretenders for years and years now ye, to, for me like I was at your Leinster final in, in the drawn match in, in, in 93 Jesus I, I really saw you as a great team like a team that was going to win in All-Ireland very soon like I didn't think certainly we'd win one before you but you know I, I think sometimes when, when the change comes from the pretender to contender is that lads can go savage on each other in the match and yet yeah. can go across the road to the, we used to go to the Sherwood Inn the restaurant and can sit down beside each other and have the dinner then and as if nothing happened like I agree you know, with you yeah. yeah yeah I mean that, I even I remember Dale you probably had team meetings that time and I'm not delving into 96 I mean I sometimes they always said just that there's the lad that scored a goal in the 96 all earned you'd like to think you did something other than that one miss hit stroke in your life but I remember at least you can remember for a speech <laughs> well, your speech was good I, I I have to say I was there that day you now and I, I enjoyed that uh, but uh, I, I was just saying that we you, you would have had the same but we team meetings that time as well we we kind of when things started to kind of, we started maybe one Leinster that we started to have very honest team meetings. And I always laughed. Um, we could say anything to each other, but I, I remember one evening, uh, Damien Fitz, who I know you've had a, a lot of uh, discussions about greatest teams ever for me. There's only one best goalkeeper, some great goalies, Davy Fitz, uh, Brennan Cummins, Joe Quaid, but really Michael Walsh, but this man, this man was the difference, really. But uh, he was a man that, like all goalies, they had to be so confident in their own ability. Dale, because I wouldn't like to play in the goal. I played in the minor county final when I was 13 in the goal one year, and that was about it for me. But we used to have team meetings, and there were honesty meetings, Griffin had called him, so lads were not to be insulted. But Fitzy was a fella that very rarely we could pick anything out. And Shawnee Flood and myself used to be up at the front, so we had a meeting, and you'd be, I mean, you would be crucified in it. Like, you know, if you had a wide or if you didn't get a block. But at the end of it, anyway, uh, Griffin said to us, lads, is there anything else you want to say there? Uh, and I said, I kind of winked at Johnny. I said, yeah, just one thing, Liam. I said, uh, you know, Fitzy's puck outs really have been very, very poor over the last uh, couple of weeks. I said, you know, maybe Jer Cush could take the puck outs, you know, because I don't think he's getting the length in him. And uh, I knew this would rail Fitz because he would be so on the spot. Fitz says, the only problem with my puck outs, Tom, is I might as well be landing in Kiltili graveyard below, he said. So, so in fairness to him, in fairness, he put us well back in our place, and he oh, kind yeah. of hey, he sorted the forwards very quickly. But there were there were as you're right, there was honesty, but there was no action, no offense taken, like you know, and and, yeah. and that's the truth of it, like you know. Yeah, that, and that, we like I would say even that maybe Liam was a bit ahead of his time, even on that and bringing players in because we used to have the honesty meetings as well, but it was the honesty according to Joe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get a chance to talk at all. It's, yeah. It starts with you and it's savage on someone else is savage on. Yeah, that was it. Like you didn't really get a chance to give out. Now we used to kind of snake away and have our own ones. And yeah. he says, What's going on in them meetings? He'd say. <laughs> and I said, That's good. I said, I'll tell you now if there's any problems, like, you know, yeah, that's okay. Just let me know. I don't want them getting out of hand. Fellas yeah. talking shite, if you say, no. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. No, oh, no, no, I, I, I think, I think, uh, Dale, you know, I know you want to go back over there, but Griffin, and we'll talk about him in a second there, but he, he was a little bit different than the Cody. You said it earlier, Dan Lochnan, his style of management. He was ruthless in many ways, but in a much nicer way. You know, he, he got from A to B, he wanted to get from A to B, but I have to say, he, 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 he had a great belief and feeling in people as well and I'm not saying the boys didn't but you know he, he'd talk you around he'd, he'd persuade you that maybe he should go out with your, your your wife or girlfriend for a couple of weeks just for your own good that kind of a fella you know he'd, yeah. <laughs> he, was, yeah. he, was, he was he was an amazing man and you know something Dilo, of all the things in 96 and 95 the experience of having kind of and I've fell out with poor old Griff more than anybody but the experience of going through the Liam Griffin kind of management uh, uh, way was, was was outstanding. It was absolutely outstanding. It stayed with me all my life. Was it, while we're on it, we'll, and we'll go back to the, the stand, yeah. uh, while we're on it, like, what, was it a huge loss? I know, sure, you, you retained Leinster in 97, beaten who you really wanted to beat as well, like, which for us as well, going on to 97, like beating Tip in the Munster final was massive. Like, sorry, Larry, I can see you there, not uh, able, <laughs> you know, because the manager made it so huge, really. And I suppose we had a bit of history over the previous years of them hype, giving us a hockey in a 93. But like, I can't imagine them nearly going to war after 95 without Lucknan for a few years. Yeah. Whereas you were without Liam nearly straight away. 
Yeah, you know, it 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 was obviously Liam his his wife Mary was was ill at the time, uh, Dale. And we knew Liam had told us pretty well when that happened that you know he wouldn't be there the year after. I I think ninety seven. Yeah, oh God, to have a, the loss of that man outside the dressing room. But Rory would have Rory Kinston was excellent, and and Rory in ninety six, Seamus Barron, Sean Collier, as you know, with your Mick McNamara's and, and Tony Constance, they, they all played an incredible role. And I think that the succession from Liam to that group was handed over as well as possibly could. I, I think one of the problems for us in 97 was that, one, we I remember going in with an injury into the All-Ireland semi-final myself. The second thing was that, you know, teams that don't win that often, and we hadn't won and we'd been waiting for a long time. I remember sitting down after the Leinster final in 97. We were All-Ireland champions. We were Leinster champions, having beaten the arch enemy, Kilkenny, I said, life doesn't get any better than this. And maybe, just maybe, we took our eye off the ball a little bit. I'm not saying Tipperary were a fine team that time as well. But my dream, and our, our dream that time, and I'm not patronising you by saying it, our dream that time was a, a saffron and yellow, purple and gold, All-Ireland final. You know, could, could there have been anything more colourful, really? I, I know we wouldn't have, we'd been arch enemies, and we didn't really know each other that very well. But certainly, it was a, it was a slight dream in Wexford to play the likes of Clare in the All-Ireland final. And, and is my memory deceiving me a bit? Now, I, I, and I agree with you on that. But I'd like to have been a supporter, I think, rather than a player for that weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be Matthew Gret and Dublin, like you know, yeah, uh, we yeah, wouldn't be bringing the languages, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll have it next year with the Davy meeting his own county in Ireland. Yeah, well, we'd, you'd love yeah. to think we even if we had it in December this year, it will be great. Yeah, but funny enough, around that period, then, when we kind of made the break, I suppose, in in even even when we started getting to Munster finals, even though we got hockey in a couple of we never really met in and maybe my memories deceiving me now this stage in high profile league games even really did we 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 no. didn't really I, I i think we met i we met you 1990 i think we went to the, the, oh, yeah. the league final that year and you were we you did, were a mile ahead of us that then like the, the, well the funny thing Dale, i think that munster and leinster were very separated at that time you know i mean my memories from i came onto the wexford team in 1985 and uh, we played leash would you believe incidentally i really brought a, a leash beat us that day in 1985 so i i introduced myself in a, in a, in a great way but we had leash awfully became our nemesis you know they had some fantastic hurlers Whelan, martin hanami you know joe dooley Johnny, look at where do you stop with those guys then kilkenny so all of a sudden then we actually beat kilkenny in 88 and all of a sudden next minute awfully arrived and it was almost like, Jesus, is this ever going to happen? So we would have been separated quite a bit from the, the only ones that we would have come across in maybe high profile games were we played Cork in the 1993 league final. And oh, sure. that was yeah. memorable. You know, it, it, they would be, they, they, I always remember going down to Turles that time for the three games and the spectacular atmosphere. Cork supporters, Dale, are, are quite incredible, aren't they? I always think of that man, you know, the big sombrero or the hat that's at all oh, the yeah. Cork games. And he's, he epitomises the Cork fans. But there was a great atmosphere that time. And we were we were the perennial losers. We we were going down and 91, DJ took 12 steps, scored a goal in the last minute. 93, we had Cork beaten a couple of times in the league finals. And I think if we'd have won the league final that year, we'd have won the All-Ireland final. 93 then, uh, Dale, we had um, Kilkenny four points up, six minutes to go. And we just self-imploded with that brilliant point, I suppose, the end of it from Eamon Morrissey. But we were really a litany of disaster, really, uh, you know. From the, but the, the Cork fellas that time, Tomás Mulcahy, guys like that, I remember we used to always, and i just tell you the difference that time, but we used to meet in the horse and jockey uh, after the first day, the second day, the Cork lads were in and we were in. And we, we had a fair few points, even though the replay was the, the week after. And I, I, always, I always remember that time as well, just to tell you how t- times have changed. But we came back the second day, and a group of us, I will remain nameless, but George and Eamon Cleary and Billy Bourne, myself, who we stopped in the Hurst and Hound for one. But we we actually didn't leave it till Monday morning. We got a bed in the Hurst and Hound and we played the replay the Saturday afterwards, which could you imagine that going around now? Like, you know, it's uh, yeah. it's quite incredible. But we would we would have a little bit of with Cork, but very little with the Munster counties. And and the other thing I'd, I'd say to you as well, Dale, on, you, you can have to, we, we would have had fierce battles. I mean, Hubert Rigney, I often wonder, was Martin Story's head ever the same again after Rigney pulling on the dropping ball? And, you know, I remember one day we were going out against Offaly and Shawnee Flood was asking lads, look at, I believe Johnny Dooley is a bit of a, a bad tum. He's a fractured tum. And he was he was hurting on him. And Shawnee turns around and he says, which tum is it, lads? And I think Liam Donner or John O'Connor said, look at, he's only two tums. He says, so just get out and get the job done. So we, 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 Offaly were our, our, uh, our big uh, kind of, 
rivals that. But I will say this, and maybe you can tell me this day long. We looked down there. We got on well with Michael Dyke and got on well with Brian Whelan. You know, with the Kilkenny guys, I, some of my heroes. But by God, the bitterness seemed to be worse down with G. I, I, you know, I'm not saying I remember Tipperary, Kilkenny, that Tipperary uh, Clare that time. Jesus, you'd be nearly afraid to go to the match that time, a kind of such. Whereas I don't think that got so much into Leinster Hurling at the time. Yeah, I don't know why. Maybe just kind of freaking more tribal down there. I don't know. I don't know. We well, we were we probably felt we were persecuted all our lives. And this was a chance if we can finally, you know. And uh, whereas you were all, you know, you had that tradition behind you of uh, you know of the records and all that, you know, and uh, the great teams you had. Like we had, like we had so many near misses. I think that's kind of more affected us. I remember a famous league, league game. It was again. I think uh, might have been in Escarty now. This time, I think. But we were coming back to Waterford anyway, and Len was over us anyway. Uh, he'd beaten us again in there, but it was the kind of last match before Christmas. You know that one? Yeah. That yeah. lovely last match before Christmas. <laughs> three rounds before Christmas. Yeah. And uh, we're coming through Waterford City, and a mate of mine, uh, Mikey Mack, who got a bad bit of press there on... Uh, uh, not a bad bit of press, but a sorry Bobby. He hit Bobby right a slap in the challenge match. And he had the misfortune of coming out with sorry Bobby. And I, I kind of wrote about it last Monday, but Mikey, I hope, has forgiven me. He hasn't texted me anyway. It called me a bollocks or anything. But anyway, um, uh, uh, Mikey was living in Waterford City. He was a quantity surveyor and he was working with some firm there. And Mikey and myself had one with Flannans and all Ireland together and we were great pals. And uh, he said, Jesus, you might stay down for an all night there, he said, or two. Yourself and Tuts, Fergie Tui. Yeah. And uh, so I said, Jesus, like, whole game or be without that, about that now? I wonder, like, with the bus and all, you know? So who was Mikey living with? Only the great Karma Quinn, C. Quinn of Martin <laughs> Fame. What, you know, you know very, very well who I'm talking I, about. I now. do be glad, I do be glad. Uh, who was a Garda in, in Waterford City at the time and they shared a house. So I was chosen as the one to go up to Gainer, not anywhere near captain at this stage now, about 20 year olds, say, uh, and had booked the Monday off work in the bank. Uh, on a day's holidays and uh, I went up to Lynn I said Lynn we're getting off here in Watford City who is this is I said myself and, and Tuts and Mikey Mack why and I said we, we, we had arranged to meet a, a fellow that Mikey's living here obviously Lynn but we were going getting off with him like you know so Jesus I had to ring the bank on the Monday evening to take Tuesday off and I had to ring on the Tuesday evening to take Wednesday off <laughs> and I got it. but luckily it was around November and I had hardly taken holidays the previous summer between the club championship and everything. So I had a load of holidays to take, but I was ringing the manager every evening from some bar around Watford or South Wexford <laughs> and saying, uh, Martin, is it okay if I take tomorrow as well? <laughs> or, uh, yeah, uh, Cormac Quinn was some man to give Bowl of Vogue, I tell you. Uh, I, I tell you, I, I, I'd say every time he sang it, he cried. I, I tell you the truth. Oh, he was he was the, he's one of the most passionate. But you know a funny thing, uh, Dale, and, and, I, and I think Claire and Wexford, that's why sometimes, like for a period there, I was a bit afraid that Wexford would fall off the, 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 the cliff, really, you know, and we can't afford to lose the Clares and the Wexfords because we have an incredible, you know, and also the Limericks. I, I would put Limerick very much in that because they have an incredible support base and they're, they're for, for counties that haven't really won an awful lot. I mean, we were lucky. I was, I was brought up in the 70s where Wexford were in a couple of All-Ireland, 76, 77, my heroes. I, I, incidentally, that time uh, we used to go up down to the, you know, in our background in Buffers Alley, I'd go down to the local phone box, two 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 p with uh, the night before an All Ireland final. Ring Tony Dorn eight nine two four one. I was or nine two four one. I always remember the number <laughs> five four. Ring Tony or ring Mick Butler and have there'd be maybe ten of us uh, down there, and we'd have a maybe a, an hour, an hour and a half chat about the match the next day with him, you know. And, and he talked like he just tell you about how how could you not be mad into hurling, you know and that my formative years, Dale, were, were, and I remember you were talking about the leagues in the 70s and that, but my formative years were those games, Ray Cummins, Cork would have a big impact on my being brought up along with Kilkenny, but I used to love Ray Cummins, oh my God, and I remember one day, the likes of Jimmy Barry, oh my God, they, these guys were absolute heroes, Charlie McCarthy, Dennis Collin, John Horgan, oh my God, Martin Coleman, these were these were up on my wall, and they, they were brilliant guys, and I always oh, remember... Sure, Dems, Dems, just to cut in, like, I mean... I often think you thought you were the second best team in Ireland, that Cork three in a row team. 
that Clare 70s team as well. Uh-huh. You know, they won back-to-back leagues and lost the 77 and 78 Munster finals. And they were my heroes, you know. Now, I didn't get, I didn't chance ringing Johnny Callanan for an hour and a half the <laughs> night before a Munster final. I'd say, I'd be told, get off the phone. <laughs> we, we were in a different environment. But then I remember that actually Clare beat Wexford, that same Wexford team, I think in the 75 league semi-final as well, you know, that the, 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 there were such serious hurlers. But there was one thing about Ray Cummins and it always stood in my mind. I remember they were given Watford, a, a, that was a great Cork team, but a few years after, they were given Watford an almighty beaten in a, in a, in a Munster final. I, I think it went up to the to the late 20s in the points and Ray Cummins got the ball straight through and he hand-passed the ball over the bar. And I said, Jesus, you know, I, I used to be always wondering, will Tony Dorn get the All-Star? Will Ray Cummins get it? And, you know, I, t- I think there were two great men. I t- Tony, obviously, is an idol of mine. But I was just saying, this Ray Cummins man, I said, this guy has it everywhere. Like, I mean, you know, he's a sportsman. He's every- Jimmy Barry was the same. And, geez, they were, they were incredible heroes, weren't Johnny they? Ah, oh, sure. He got injured before the All-Ireland final in 77, I think, or and, and proceeded to kind of beat us on his own then after it, you know. But we had, we had our own guys that time, you know, the Willie Murphys, Colm Dorn from our own club. Like, Buffers Alley that time with Father Martin Casey, Paddy Kavanagh. Colm Dorn, Tony Dorn, Mick Butler, Henry Butler, all in the Wexford. Should Sh- Sh- you had to you had to hurl. You had to hurl. Yeah. Liverpool, I I followed Liverpool as well, but I didn't tell anyone at the time. Yeah, you had to hurl. Yeah, you gave me a good redden there around the Champions League time time there last year. Uh, <laughs> maybe in a poor I'm I'm persecuted on the soccer front as well. Not to do with you now, Larry, you goon or you <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm lost for words at the moment about, about soccer, but anyway. <laughs> but Dems you were talking about the alley and look at that. Look at I know a fair bit, like and doing a little bit of research as well. I mean, she's had a great underage career, and like what came across very clearly was that a groupie you came very talented, but you also came in as a seventeen-year-old. You came in to the start of a four-in-a-row team, like that's fairly. I mean, you, I, I, I saw somewhere on a call where, where you said, "Jesus, I was twenty and I had four championship medals," <laughs> which is kind of. You know, I, I've often said to you by that that being in the right place at the right time is ninety five percent of success now. And I tell you, all right, we do the same things. But but I was I was just seventeen and I came into an alley team that contained the Whelans. A lot of the young lads I would have grown up with, the Donahues, they they may not be known nationally, well Sean Whelan would maybe. They, you know, then I was Paddy, you know, Matty Foley, uh, Finn O'Leary, very, very good underage. But then we just allied that to the Butlers, the Dorns. Paddy Kavna, you know, serious, serious players. So I came in in, in 1982, and by 1992, with Buffers Alley, and that might soften the blow of the Wexford thing, I had eight senior hurling championship medals, three Leinsters in the club All-Ireland. Now, and, and funny enough, Dalo, I honestly think we should have won more, believe it or not, we should have won more at national level, but the Wexford championship that time was 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 very, very tough, with club on, were very good, right? you were out, or the Harriers, there was, you win a game by a point, so we were lucky in some ways, but I was very, very lucky to come in with that team, and uh, by right of Bert, I had four county medals by the time I was 20, because it wasn't the hurling I was doing, I mean, you, you have Tony Doran full forward, you have Martin Casey centre forward, Peary, but just serious players, but I was very, very lucky with the club, for our, uh, and all. What struck me like is you had an unbelievable kind of togetherness, you know, and um, yeah, how how far is uh, Kilmockridge from Owlart? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're really starting to mention the war now. I Kilmockridge, Owlart and Kilmockridge, there's a bridge between Kilmockridge and Owlart, so literally it's, it's not very far, but the two villages, Monomalin, were, were, were people ever bait across the bridge? <laughs> Nobody ever appeared on the bridge. Then. Well, you, once you got onto that bridge, you got off. It either went one way or the other. You went to the alley side or the outer side. Now, to be honest with you, but no. The, in in we would have had an incredible rivalry with Owlert. I mean, uh, Monomalin and Kilmockridge both probably would be five six miles from Owlert, and then the Ballock was further down the road, a little bit further down the road. But a lot, again, a lot of my formative years was. That 82 county final, 16 years of 17 years of age, you're walking around in a parade day law and you look across and you see Mick Jacob walking beside you. And you say to yourself, what am I doing here? Like, you know, Mick Jacob, Jimmy Pender is over there, Brendan O'Connor are over there. And it, 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 it was an incredible rivalry, which probably uh, came to a bit of a head in the 89 county final where we were, we were all Ireland club champions. And nasty in this one, Dems. I wasn't no Dale. I, I was. I, I. I tell you, I got enough belts that day to stop being nasty. I'll tell you that because the older boys, they were hardy fellas. Now a lot of boxers up there, but with about time up, Dale. We, we were all Ireland club champions. Now to lose Towler in the same county final that year would have been. We would have had to hand the All Ireland trophy back because such was the rivalry. But there was about 
I say 20 seconds to go. They had a free in. Time was up. They had a point. Brendan O'Connor was a brilliant free taker. Was putting frees over all day. The game was over. And for some reason, Tomas, let's say myself and Tomas Dunn got a little bit tangled up. Sean Whelan said, do something. We got a bit tangled oh, up. Yeah. It was Tomas Dunn getting involved with his free taker <laughs> having a free in to win the county final. Like, Well, no, I, I have to absolve Tomas completely that day. I, I gave Tomas the puck and I was totally wrong. And I, I've apologised to him since now. I've apologised, but I haven't said I was sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, and what happened then, uh, Dalo, was, now I mean the whole Euler team landed on me. And then the whole Buffers Alley team landed on the Euler team and things moved on for a while. The guards landed, everybody landed. Dickie was refereeing, Dickie Murphy, a great referee. Dickie threw the ball in, blew his whistle and the guards got him out through one gap. We went out through another gap but continued again. So as a result, the, the replay, I, I don't know whether the game was, I don't know if anybody knows whether the game was abandoned or whether it was a draw, but we had a replay a week after. Yeah, was there no investigation? Like, <laughs> sure, but Look, there was nobody hurt. <laughs> <laughs> There was a few graces and and but but uh, seems like the guards are gone for cover as well. <laughs> the guards, I think there was a couple of summons that sent out. All right, but there was no 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 investigation. Yeah, I think they left well enough alone. Now, in fairness, poor old Paddy Donahue, uh, one of our lads, he got he did get a a three month suspension out of it. All right, but uh, he was very unlucky given what went on that day because I think anyone could get. But we we appeared out the week after, and the official attendance for the county final day law was twelve thousand. And I was talking to the fellow in the gate, said it was parent, uh, old age pensioners and kids were in for free. They reckoned there was probably 16 or 17,000 people, at, which was incredible. Like, you know, you're talking five, six, seven thousand for the county final. So they're expecting to So I went to a replay. Uh, we drew again and we got a couple of goals. Pat Lacey got a goal. Uh, Mick Butler got a goal an extra time. And we, we snuck through. So uh, I was captain that year, but it took a, it took two or three years for things to settle down with Owlert after that. Now I have to say, and I, the Anne York was the local nightclub that time. So I, I, yeah, I was going to say I, like, I missed yeah, a few good Daniel or, or Monday was there any <laughs> bit of crack like <laughs> well, would it be a tradition of the of the losers going to the winners on Monday That's, that happens in Clare with some clubs with, with, well, it does I hope you're listening the crowd that don't do it yeah with, with, with Buffers Alley and Owlert it never really happened uh, no. you know, we'd, we'd have been better to, we, we actually even missed a few good Daniel O'Donnell and, and uh, Indian and, and Wolf Tone concerts in Don York for the next couple of months I didn't, I didn't appear up there but I have to say in saying that you know I have, you know, from that comes the utmost respect. Owler got their period where they had a magnificent team, wonderful people. And, I, and I'd like to think that, that a lot of my friends and best friends are in Owler now, you know, great people, great hurling people. And Jesus, uh, you know, Delo, isn't, isn't that what keeps, isn't the rivalry what keeps it going, really, you know? Oh, sure, look, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, since I moved back west, I'm gone all mellow, you know, I'm 25 miles away from the real action inside. <laughs> well, I got back involved there with our under twenty ones for this year, and we train since the fifteenth of November. We, we're about a month ahead of everyone, but anyway, yeah. I'd say that's fairly down the food chain at this stage. But look, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, the feeling I got back for it, I have to say, when I got back in, you know, yeah, playing a few local teams and challenge matches uh, there because our fields would be in decent shape. Always, old sand base fields and. They play them in our place, and even that, like the only challenge matches, you were saying, Jesus, yeah, this is great, like right, right. you know, and, and, and it is, it's, part, it is, it's yeah. all about it, isn't it? And you know, Dale, we, we would have had a, a few sad occasions over the last 18 months. Uh, my sister, my sister, and Barry Murphy, who was a brother in law, Barry died very suddenly, played for Wexford uh, for a number of years, league finals, and that. But what I really did notice that number one, when I went back, I'm not living in Buffers Alley, but I went back out, the absolute camaraderie that is still there, it'll never go. I noticed there was lads from right, Newer, Club on Owlert. Everyone just becomes one when something goes wrong in the GA Dela and we'll cut lumps out of each other. But and, and I know you've said that about the Tipperary you know, Tipperary lads as well, you had a fierce rivalry. But you know, when something goes wrong, by Jesus, they'll they'll put the GA will in fairness to me, we'll give out about them to all of them, but they'll stick the old hand down, they'll give you a little lift up and I, I don't know where my life would be without it either, you know, uh, uh, anyway. So it's a uh, look at you'll fight, but by God, I'll tell you the, the bond is there, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's a fact. And look, I know you 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 finally in the '85, the last of the four in a row, you, you went down and beat a great Kennedy team to win against their club, and you eventually went down to Lingainer's crowd, Kilran McDonald's, mm. um, in in the final. But you, it all came together in '89. Uh, yeah, and a lot of the guys were hardly spring chickens in '89. Like, was Tony starting in that final? 
Oh, Jesus, he was. Hey, uh, would you be telling Tony that he wasn't going to start in the Ballard and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> it, it reminds me a bit like Richie Stakelum a few times, with our mutual friend, and about Nola Dwyer and Tip. The yeah. Dwyer nearly thought he could be called up for the Ireland Club final this year. Like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 what age was Tony in 89? Like? Tony was 43 in 89. Oh, uh, and, and you know what? Tony wasn't a bit player in 89. I mean, Tony was cl- probably close enough to man of the match in the All Ireland Club final in 89. I mean, like, it, it was amazing, Dale. I was, I was moved out midfield in that club final in 89. And really, all you had to do was hit the ball in his direction. I mean, this man, I, it's such a hand, like he would go up and he would catch the, uh, he'd catch any, but he was excellent. But just to mention Kilruan as well, the worst day in hurling I've ever had, I think was the day after we lost the 86 club final. I just felt Kilruan were a better team on the day. The Williams is Jerry Williams was brilliant in the last 15, 20 minutes. I was hurling on Gilbert that day. They were a fabulous team. You know, the, the Sharky was hurling. Yeah, they were they were tough men. They were great men, and and they deserved the club all Ireland. And I was I was I never have been as down there though. I remember I had gone to a point a point in Shillelagh the next day, and I hardly looked at a horse at it. No, that's the truth. I was I, I was really upset about it. But thank God now when I look back, uh, I can say, look, if I'm thinking of '86, I never looked at a replay of the match because I didn't play well in it either. But at least I can trans fix my thoughts on 89 but in 89 and it, it, it you know club is everything it was an amazing day an amazing day and I always remember um there was good O'Donovan Ross the team that day as well you know uh Kieran Barr and they, they really got a, a big start on us in that day came out I think it went five points to one up could have had us beaten after 20 minutes you know but for the brilliance of Henry Butler in our goal he was he was outstanding that day but then we got the Paddy Donahue goal Seamus O'Leary got a goal clawed our way back into it and you know what? For the first time on the flip side, maybe the belief was it was in Wexford rather than Antrim that we were going to win that game. And I always remember Dale standing in the dressing room after it. The feeling I had, the lads that was brought up but were in one corner. Everyone was crying. The lad, my father was in another corner. The people that are long since gone were there. My heroes, this, this, the fellas that were in the 76 were in another corner. And then the unsung heroes, you know, I remember people... I won't mention, but Sil Murphy, Tom Donahue, people like that. Just incredible people. And it was probably uh, probably the greatest day, uh, Dale on And that's saying a lot when you're talking about 1996 as well. Was the greatest yeah, day. Yeah, and you're, you're, making me, you're making me jealous now because uh, we nearly got there, but we didn't get there. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, sure, Ducky, that is like club is everything. And for me, yeah. we, the best we got was the Munster Club. And coming home with it, like, you know, that 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 was just incredible, you know, that you, we yeah. were the first team to win one, and, and just, uh, yeah, and like it, like that, Clare was hard to win at the time, because, geez, the Clare winners were nearly winning Munster every year, between Dora Bearfield and Wolf Tones, Six Mile Bridge, you know, and the likes of Kilmaley were capable of beating you any day you went out, and, you know, so that, yeah. it was hard to win, but yeah, but it is, I, I, I can only imagine that feeling um, of, of and, and, you know, Dale, in fairness, it's not, clubs are not about winning All-Ireland club titles, I mean, there's, there's fellas that never win county medals or whatever. I, I rem- Mick Jacob has no county senior hurling medal. As far as I can remember in Wexford, or Jimmy Pender is no county. But these guys got as much out of the club and more. You know, it, yeah. the club is the club. And, you know, whether you're beaten in a junior B county final, I remember one of the great days, a great old Buffers Alley fan, Eddie Maloney, persuaded me to train, do a little bit of training with our ladies' island. You've surely heard of that place, Adela. Yeah. And we, yeah. we won the county junior B final in 1991. First time in 40 years that the island had had more probably known at that stage for the for the pilgrimage around the the grotto, but I I, I remember when the final whistle went and and the emotion on the people in the island that day and down in the island, it doesn't it doesn't really matter, Dale. You know, it, it, it club is club no matter whether you win lose or what you're playing at, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and like on that, you know, I remember one time we were sitting on a Monday after losing the county final, we lost a few of them. And, um, remember Fergie too he sent to me, "Jeez, how will we lose that?" And I said, "Look, sure, we have a good chance of being there again next year." And then. I think Liam Dyle was playing with Budike in the Junior A final and lost it, like, and I said, like, think of Dyle, or like, I said, you know, he, he looking at us playing at senior finals and whinging, like, and we wound up with, with five medals each, and I suppose, you know, yeah, that, that it, it puts it, every, yeah, you're right, and, and I suppose, now that you're a Glen Barntown uh, diehard now, you, you've seen the other side of that as well, like, aren't you? The, the club of a funny way as well. Ah, yeah, in fairness, I, I'm enjoying the kids now are all playing with Glen at the moment, and, uh, you know, again, in the present environment at the moment, uh, Dale, I, I'm just seeing the value. 
I just wonder, and I don't know what you think, will this winning and losing become less important after all this? I don't know, because I think people are seeing now more the value of just being able to go down to the field, look at young lads playing and whatever. Maybe we'll revert back to, to, to source or to the way we were maybe in 12 months' time. But I think it's given us a lot of thought, a lot of food for thought on what actually is important within yeah. our sport and what it does for kids and that, you know. There will be a reassessment, I think, you know. How long it'll last, of course, is the other thing. The <laughs> race comes back. Yeah. But look, come here. I, we've mentioned, like, 93, the torture, and, and like, you know, I, I mean, those, those three league games with Cork, and, and incidentally, we actually knocked Cork out of Eckin Munster and their favourites for the All-Ireland. Right. Yeah. yeah, In high grass. And you know a great one? I, I did a piece on tip, and I, I just got a, a little text off Ramey Ryan a private message on Facebook and Remy was winged back that day in 93 when Tip hammered us and he and they were into the final. I think they had beaten Waterford and um, we had beaten Limerick and we were to play Cork then and there was a chance somehow if Clare could catch Cork that the final would be Clare and Tip and it would be on Limerick and they had trained the Gaelic grounds. I think there was some problem with Turles and Remy is just telling me you know, he, won't, he won't blame me too much for breaking confidences here but the grass was fierce long in Limerick maybe the wins the night before the semi-final with Cork and uh, your man said, oh, don't worry, Babs, if, if you're coming back. He said, no, he said, uh, we'll have that grass cut to the bone. Just leave it as it is till Sunday. Anyway, he said, <laughs> <laughs> to ask more often, says, has to be like, yeah, you bear us in the meadow in Limerick, in the, in the rain, you know. Yeah, but they yeah. were, look, to me, that was a, that was akin to the kind of meat Dublin saga in some ways. It transfixed the country. But then the disappointment, I suppose, and we've spoken about that and the lack of belief, maybe not to close yeah. the deal and Kikini, the big bad wolf. But then, look, Griffin, I have to say, look, Griffin coming on board then, like, what did he change in terms of, like, you didn't who didn't fall in love with his whole regime straight away now? You were, you were like the typical <laughs> fella that was around for a while, like. I, I tell you, I suppose to, to put it simply, Dale, I, I fell in love with what it achieved, but I didn't fall in love with the way he achieved it at times, I have to say. But uh, I know, I, look, just to say, for, and you think we're coming, we're coming from the 93 Leinster final, uh, Dale, we... I remember asking, I think it was, uh, I don't know who's refereeing that day, how much time is left with Damien's last puck out. There was, there was 30 seconds left and we were a point up. The ball went back up the field and scored against Cork. We'd done all the hard work. They had a man sent off. We were in the ascendancy the third day. And I think that the actual fear of winning almost frightened us. I don't know what way. I think Griffin went in to change a mindset. Dale. Now, he changed a number of things. Like myself, Larry Murphy and Rory Mack used to travel the train and down in, in, in a scarty together. And then the Hopper, little Hopper McGrath, who's the son of the famous Hopper in later years. But our big thing was we'd stop at the bus stop shop going home for the drive home to Exeter. We'd stop at the bus stop shop. We'd get a bag of potato, cheese and onion, a 99, a can of Coke and a Mars bar. Just to, It was a 20 minute drive just to get us through the journey. You know, Griffin changed everything. First of all, he, he stopped uh, Story and, and Floody and the boys smoking in the in the jacks in the toilet before we went out. That was a big one, you know. Secondly, we trained 100, and I think the year coming up to the All-Ireland, we trained 167 times in 300 nights. The physical conditioning was incredibly changed. He did an awful lot of stats. He was he was he micromanaged us. He you go in if you didn't if you had three wides it was up on the board. You discussed it in the team meeting. If you didn't get a block in, if you're that was all micromanaged. And I think one of the most important things he worked on the psychology. He he was he was the most incredible man. He brought in Neil Fitzpatrick as a psychologist, and he always said that it's not about one or two things to win or lose a match, but he said it's a, it's a thousand things, and you try and get as many of those things right. And I think the first night he walked into the room, he put up on the on the board, he said three things he said. And we did, I didn't know him that well. I knew that he, he was a hotelier and you had a good breakfast down the hotel, Ross Lair. And I knew he was a good hurler, hurled a bit with Claire and that and whatever. But he put trust, honesty and loyalty up on the board. And he said, if he can keep that together in this room, we'll, um, we'll, we'll be OK. So he, he was quite an incredible man. And we started going into psychology, visualisation, all that kind of stuff. And you know what then, uh, Dalo? We had a bit of luck. You know, Galway had 17 wides in the All-Ireland semi-final. We seemed to get all the luck back that we hadn't got before. And awfully, we, we got a really soft penalty, I thought. Larry Murphy did in the first half of the Leinster final that year when Offaly were beginning to take away from us. And, you know, a couple of little things went right with us. DJ was had a, was like a mummy with the bandage he had on his leg in the quarter-final that year to were missing a couple of players. So things came right. But I always felt it, it was only our, our due... 
I, 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 do you know what the one thing that disappoints me, Dale? On I think you, you don't suffer from this. I always feel that you know, even journalists that they underrated our team of the nineties. You know, Jesus, we were very close in 91, 93, yeah. 96, 97. and then you know Johnny Dooley scored a goal. People forget in ninety eight before they got to yourselves in the famous saga that we had actually out hurled without Liam Dunn and Gary Laffin, who were injured awfully in the Leinster semi final, and Johnny Dooley got a goal through a forest of legs. That day to put us out, so we were all. He had a bit of luck that day. <laughs> <laughs> we do, I, we'd, we'd run to an All Ireland match here if we had a, if we had a got through. I'd say now, you know, your lads, your lads never sat down the field, would they? <laughs> <laughs> you, we, we, we were often accused of doing it during the match, day, though, but we never did it after. Now, to be honest with you, you know, but, yeah, yeah. But, but I remember, I remember, I remember uh, hearing a story one time with Liam Dunn. You know, was obviously a warrior, uh, or a warrior bold, we'd call him, yeah. but. Uh, Himself and Ronnie were marking each other, Adrian Ronan, who was a great character now as well. I have to say, I always enjoyed Ronnie. He destroyed you as well. He he, uh-huh. he he was good on the on the tongue, and he was very good hurler. He was a brilliant hurler. Yeah. Um, but uh, Liam was giving him a few digs, and and Ronnie says, "Can you give me one more of them? I lie down and get you put off." And Liam said. <laughs> I may lay down beside you <laughs> and, and the two of us may go in these best weeks you know you're a great character like yeah you're you're dead right Dems. Like, I, like I remember going down Claney in those league games I say right we got up we'd say around 89 up to Division 1 and then Len came along and he improved things steadily and then we had these young lads coming from the 92 kind of monster under 21 89 All-Ireland minor finalists then 92 very unlucky beaten by a great water team and like but I remember going down playing you like, and you never seemed to have to come up for some reason. We were always drawn down there, but like I, I said, we've no chance like here. Like this, they're way ahead of us. Like, I remember Mark and Story one day. He had introduced me to maybe centre back. I was playing a bit of centre back for the club, and I, I remember like twenty minutes. I was being put back into the corner. Story had just six balls had come between us, and Story had won all six easily. And he just seemed so much tougher, stronger. Aggressive, and I said, "Jeez, it's like where I'll never get to that level." Like you know, a lot of it was belief, I suppose, in it as well. Like, and- yeah, it was. And 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 you know, you mentioned Story; he, he was quite an incredible hurler. You know, Story was one of these guys never seemed to have to work too hard to get fit. But if you look back on him now, I mean, his his his, his aerial ability was quite incredible. Probably took us a good few years to to replace him as a centre forward. Kind of, which you were, you were saying, we never went to Ennis too much. But I don't know if you were playing Dale. I went down for the Shinty International after the '96 All Ireland, and uh, we were we met a couple of Clare fellas there. I only, the I only played the away Shinty games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, this was an away one for us. This was harder than Scotland for us, so it was. But I remember we, we were we were brought around Ennis the night before. But I always remember myself. I think it was Ollie Baker. Or um, we were picked the play but we lasted about 15 minutes but I remember the two of us sitting in the back of the dugout and Ennis looking at each other wondering which one was going to get sick in the other first I, I was just saying it was a it was a great night in Ennis now but we we, we, we I think I can only really remember one or two league matches that we played you down there now to be honest with you, you know? yeah I don't, I don't recall I was saying that's, that's the unusual bit about that period you know I can remember mad ones against Tip like you know even though we were meeting Tip too often and Limerick too often uh, in Munster and then I remember one November just before they got rid of the league before Christmas like 22,000 in the Gaelic grounds for a bloody league game in November and the two Nashes and Jim McInerney getting all sent off together for a mass brawl you know yeah, like yeah. it was mad stuff like. but I don't like I know Wexford were ma- you know you were obviously all Ireland champions Leinster champions again back to back but I don't remember big league games on a Saturday night in Ennis you know where we and we had huge ones with Offaly as well but for some reason they don't, and they would have. I. That's why everybody was so anxious to meet Wexford. I think that it would be great crack, and yeah, yeah. I even we would have our big ones probably were Kilkenny, and I remember playing Limerick uh, in the '97 league, and I remember it was in Belfield. And, oh Jesus! I, I, I literally, I'd say, talk about health and safety. I don't know how many thousand people were in Belfield. I'd say the, the ground had a capacity of about ten thousand, but. I don't know many were in, but our big things. I, I, I always we would have had great old battles with the Offaly guys as well over the years. You know, I always remember Hanami now, who, I jizzy, he, he, he was a serious cornerback. You know, but Brilliant. when you, when you come out in the second half, I, I think it was the beginning of of the sledging era. But Hanami had come out. He never hit you dirty, believe it or not. But he, he'd hit you, but he'd never hit you dirty. But he used to come out, and if you came out and you'd stand, that time you stood beside your player, Dale. You know, if you were a corner forward, and Hanami would always give you a little dig and a smile, and he'd say, "You're still here anyway, Tom." 
So it was yeah, kind yeah. of, uh, <laughs> it was a I didn't realise in time, but it was a bit of sledge. And Joe Hennessy was a devil at it as well. Joe would be always yeah. turning around and say, and, and I'm an absolute gentleman, but Joe used to say, uh, I, 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 I think it's have us now, Tom. And, you know, the truth of the matter is that if we go ahead, but we never really had Kilkenny, but I, I think that was kind of sledging in its own way as well. But it was it was very minor yeah. compared to what came after now, yeah. you know. A, mi- a mild one of mine was, um, you know, if you were going well and you knew you'd cleared a few, they would kind of forward it under pressure. Like, I, I, wing back was what you were so much more involved. I think we too much yeah. time when you're in the corner, you know. That's right. And you were too That's much right. isolated with a guy. Uh, a great one of mine was uh, if you if you did if you were on top, which was the odd time and a lot of times not on top, you wouldn't open your mouth. But uh, <laughs> is that a sub warming up? Jeez, he's a forward, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and you know what, you know what, Taylor, the one, if I had a regret in my career, corner forward, was the worst place to hurl that time. Now a corner forward throughout the field. But I, I used to play centre forward buffers alley midfield and I used to I played in an all Ireland under twenty one final on, on Joe Cooney, believe it or not, an eighty six centre back. And I much preferred to be out that. But that time if you showed any semblance of a forward in you, you were up into the forwards. And corner forward like you, you played there, Dale. If the ball didn't come for twenty minutes, it wasn't the corner back that was under pressure. It was the corner happy forward. Days. You know, happy days, and and the next minute the ball comes and you miss it, and the next minute there's a shout from somewhere. I remember playing Galway in um in a a Rockus around the, the real Galway era in New Ross, where I just had a fabulous team that Joe Cooney, that Tony Keady, all these guys, and we were three four to a point down after fifteen minutes, and I would safely say that the ball hadn't arrived up. And there was a silence in the crowd, and the next minute somebody shouted, "Will you just wake up forwards?" And before I knew where I was, I was sitting in the dugout, you know. And for for some reason, mentors, maybe yeah. stats are not a bad thing, but you were you were always blamed if you were playing corner forward, kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like I'm talking to Sparrow now down in Powers. Or <laughs> he played the violin there, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> but then, look, I got I'm going to bring you to half time in '96. Yeah, like Eamon send off. You know, you'd got a goal. I thought it was a great goal. You've said it was a miss hit. Fair play. We'll go with that, right? Um, I was still a great. It was a crucial score, obviously, in a game like that. You're a point up, 14 minutes against 15. And Limerick, like, had been so unlucky, 94. Everyone said, although Wexford had waited so long, I do appreciate where you're absolutely coming from. That was Limerick's kind of time. You know, they'd beaten us in a massive game. They'd been 10 points down against Tip. Had come back, drawn it, and won the replay. You know, and... and uh, like half, what was half time? Who did anyone take the lead in there at half time? Like, well, well as as ever, um, they all Griffin takes the lead, and and just to just to bring you back, maybe uh, I bring you back to Friday night before this this man, and this is where I think management can be so important. And I, I think Griffin's management and Rory Kinsler, Seamus Barn, their management was exceptional. So the Friday night before the All Ireland final, we were to meet in the Talbot, and we thought we were going to go through tactics and whatever and Griffin would have spoken to us 200 400 500 times over two years but he always got your attention and he always had something different but we were sitting uh Dalo in the uh Talbot Jesus lo and behold it's Friday night before Oliver and Griffin was late now this did not happen this did not happen so the next minute we said to me the board ready to go and whatever and we said what's going on with this man so the next minute he arrives in all flustered looking. And if you know Griffin, everything is pretty planned with him. So he arrives in, we were expecting the text. The next to me, he said, right, I want to tell you a story. And, and I won't, I, not to labour the story, but he said, there's a, there was a famous, I don't know if you ever heard of Emile Zatapak, but Emile Zatapak was a famous middle distance runner in the 50s, four-year time there. He was a Czechoslovakian, almost unbeatable. And there was a guy called uh, Mamoun, and he was Alain Mamoun. He was a French-Algerian. And this story now, I, it'll take me to uh, a minute and a half, but Griffin told it over about an hour. He said, Elaine Mamoun was known as Zatapak's shadow. And because he had beaten him in three Olympic 5,000 metres, he'd beaten him in two world 10,000 metre final, and he was always second. So he became known as Zatapak's shadow. And uh, he said, Griffin he told the story, so they went to Melbourne. The, the, seemingly the tarmac in the ground was unbelievable. And bear in mind Mamoun was about 35 years of age he had had a, a, a World War II accident to his foot which made it all the most more incredible that he was a middle distance runner but he went in anyway and he ran the marathon and he actually on the last very last part of the marathon he beat Zatapak so for the first time in his career 35 years of age bear in mind George Billy the boys were about 35 years of age as well so he beat them and at the end of it all anyway he was at the end line and uh 
he was interviewed by a reporter and the reporter said what do you think he said well i'm no longer in zatapak shadow he said I, I i am the son you know and his best friend jackson dalo and he turned around and then he said see me the reporter said look how did you keep going he said it, it was always my destiny to beat him and griffin looked at us and he said right lads it's always been our destiny to win this game on Sunday. Good luck. See you Sunday morning. So he flipped it from a tactical talk to something that I don't think I'll ever forget. But he, he was absolutely brilliant by that. The All-Ireland, the traffic lights, he was very, had this very control. He, I, I've often told about Shawnee Flood. He was always looking for something different. Now, Dale, if that went wrong, sure, maybe, maybe he wouldn't be even remembered. But he was trying the different things. So Shawnee Flood, as you know, missed the All-Ireland Final 96. Last thing, we were expecting blood and thunder. He said, calm down. Shawnee, Shawnee got up, and Shawnee wasn't one for speaking, but Shawnee, bear in mind his father, Tim Flood, had been an All-Ireland winner in the 50s. Shawnee's dream to play in an All-Ireland final. Sadly now, Shawnee hasn't played in an All-Ireland final. One of the greatest defenders we've ever had. Over to you. Shawnee said, look, lads, he says, you never know the, the, the uh, opportunity you have in life till it's taken away from you. They were the last words we heard going out so everything was calm but it was a, now you could say Limerick went five points to one up and they were you know they, but Griffin always had, had had some angle which would, would stick in your mind and I and, and he brought in Neve as a psychologist but he was a psychologist himself and at half time I always remember he was calling for calm calling for calm the whole time he felt Dale and I, I firmly believe this this is something against what I think or what, what many people might, I think if Limerick could have won the 94 All-Ireland they probably won the 96 All-Ireland because they would have uh, eliminated that doubt out of their mind. Now, and that that's a big kind of a, what's the word, a, a declaration for me. They didn't, and I think we deserve to win All-Ireland. But Griffin said, be calm and let Limerick make the mistakes. But he also had spoken about freeze. He said, if we can cut down the freeze to a minimum, we'll win the game. And that there wasn't much more than that. There wasn't, there was nobody going out through the wall. He was totally in control. And I think because we saw he was totally in control, we were totally in control. So, you know, it, he looked for a different angle, but by Jeepers, uh, Dale, I don't know what Lachnan was like, but Griffin, and I'm sure he did, but Griffin covered everything. Things that you would, like he said in Leinster final, if we, if because we were always susceptible, if we got a goal, we're going to win, everyone got excited. We said, if we get a goal in the Leinster final, the likelihood is awfully to come back and get one within two minutes. We got a goal, Michael Dignan, the ball within the net, in the net within, I think, 30 seconds now. So you kind of start... I didn't believe in Griffin before because he was trying to drop me. But when we won the Leinster final and went on, right, you kind of start saying, Jesus, half of what this, or three quarters or maybe more of what this guy is saying is coming true. So you really, really bought in a kind of a such, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, he he, he was the difference. He was the yeah, difference. Yeah, like I... Yeah, I can just remember that day, like, I, I, I was in the, the new Cusack, I suppose, lower deck and good seats and the tension I felt in the second half was incredible, like, you know. Yeah somebody was going to have the glory and it was going to be more heartbreak for the other crowd. And Jesus, I, I remember that, like, nearly living it and, I, and nothing to do with it, you know, and he's saying, we should be out there in my, in my own head, like, but, yeah. um, you know, that, and to come through that, I think, like, that's where the Griffins and Lucknans and, and the Cody's, obviously, they separated themselves from other guys, you know, yeah. but they, yeah. they could absolutely bring you to those scenarios in Cusick Park or in Wexford Park on a Tuesday night and, and and then when you see like it was like that with Lucknan I mean we'd lost the league final in 95 being hammered and then he comes out with this statement we're going to win Munster and you're getting into the Clarecastle car afterwards five of us and uh, I'd say what you make of that speech and you go yeah Sparrow's here or something <laughs> we pull a Newport for a pint there Jesus Christ what's he talking about hammered again you know but then when it comes through then you yeah, start to buy in and, and so you I, know I, I, was, I was a bit like Sparrow I'd say you know I don't get me wrong, I I, 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 I would have done anything to win in All-Ireland, but I, I was one of the ones that was kind of, I was after going through so much. And, you know, that, that I remember the second day I ever heard from Wexford, I was, brought, I was brought off and brought back on again. And you can imagine the hardship you get in Wexford in the Leinster Championship match if you do that and we got beaten or whatever. But I, I even things that Griffin, the one thing he had as well, he, he wasn't afraid to chance it. So if he was going to look stupid, he didn't care. I don't care. I go down under my own kind of uh, way and that's it. Like even, you know, and it's kind of got into folklore as well. The Leinster final, the famous stopping on the Wicklow border. Poor poor Vincent Hogan. Vincent, a great friend of mine, a brilliant reporter. And Vincent had said something about the blood in our veins. But Griffin used this 
and said, how dare? So we got out of the bus. We stopped on the border. The Offaly game was the liberating game for us. There's no doubt about that. So we stopped on the border. Before we walked over the line, Griffin said, how dare anyone question the blood in our veins? As I've often told you, our forefathers died in 1798, Dalo, and uh, we've uh, heard it. We we didn't get a lot of help from some parts of the country. I'm only joking. I would never make light of that, you know. But but I I, I have to say that he he, he talked about our forefathers, and then he said, you know, if we're going to... Now, there was cars going up and down by and whatever. And to be honest with you, like, you would have looked very stupid, but he didn't care. He didn't care. And I always remember Shane Carley myself. We stepped across. So when we stepped across the border, it was a new beginning, really. That's what he was trying to do. You can see the psychology of what he was doing. It's a new beginning. We're not stepping back till we've restored pride and honor to election. So it was brilliant. Although I will say that Shane Carley said to me, just Dempsey, if it goes wrong, where are we, how are we going to come home? I says, don't worry. I said, don't worry, Carly. I said, there's always the nation you will carry away. We'll come down that way if things go wrong. But in fairness, it did have an impact, uh, kind of, you know, it really did have an I impact. Said- that's a mile ahead of its time, like that Absolutely. is a mile, yeah. you know. I mean, she's yeah. I've because I suppose like sports psychology, like you had Neve, and she's I tried to get Neve with, with the dubs now at the time, but or when I went there, but yeah. we got other guys, you know, and that stuff was what Liam was at, to be honest with you, stepping over well, the line that you're, you know told, he, you're leaving baggage behind and you're going to a new place, like, but, but you know, when he did tap into today, though, there is an incredible pride of 1798. Of all that in Wexford, I mean, it, 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 if you want to make any of us emotional, talk about that period of history in Wexford and you know Owler Hill, Vinegar Hill, all that. So he he just knew where to tap into, like you know. Now that was all the psychological part of it. There was a, there was a lot of other stuff there as well, but that that was he really was good to get the emotional side of it going, you know. Of course. And then we, we could talk for fucking three hours. <laughs> and there's no thing there's not a point in front of the two of us or a quick time or a lock-in, uh, which we can't go to either at the moment. But, you know, the homecoming, everything, bringing it back like to Wexford, just incredible stuff. Like, and geez, I'll tell you a quick one about it. Like, remember the goal challenge? I don't think it's there anymore. Uh, John O'Shea used to run it there for goal, you know, and uh, you'd be picked on the rest of Ireland against yeah. the Ireland champions. Uh, so next thing, the team, and it was kind of an honour at the time, to be honest. And I remember uh, Martin and, and Liam Dunn had come up in 95 and, and they were going home. But, of course, no way were we letting them home. Like, <laughs> uh, they were in our local on the Wednesday night. I said, go away, we're getting your room. And we made a few calls and the boys started out. So, anyway, uh, on the Monday evening, I think the, the rest of Ireland team was named, maybe in the evening press or something that time. Um, and myself and Nolly and Brian Lohan and James, he were named on it, you see. So made a few calls and I went to the various workplaces and said are you going to go like and or yes we'll go we and Baker was mad for road of course and I was mad for road and uh, um, so we took off down and uh, James he driving and uh, played the match and Jesus the crowd there she was incredible it was reminiscent of our own couple of ones and everybody came because it was a chance for the kids to meet the players and all that but um we were coming home because James he was just about teaching and fans at that time he just started you know so and James he teetotaler and we were coming home and but then we, there was a bit of grub back in the Talbot and we went back anyway and the crack was right good and we kind of persuaded Jamesy if he wanted to go to bed that Liam Griffin owned the hotel like and there'd be no bother he gave him a room and we'd tip away and sure what if he'd be back for first class at nine we could leave at six there was no bother but when Jamesy appeared down at six we were we were in the middle of a sing song with a load I remember sitting on the stairs with a bottle of beer in my hand I said, James, you better go back up to bed because I'm going to bed for a few hours. <laughs> so, I mean, it, I mean, we we had savage crack, but I think that was just an outpouring of absolute uh, madness it, it for a few weeks down there. And you know, the, the, the only comment I'm making as well, they, they I know that you're restricted time, but Colin Kyo, and and I would say that one of the, you know, we talk about the Martin stories, the Georges, the Liam Dons, the Damien Fitzgerald. The big difference to our team were the Colin Kills, possibly the the lads that came, Larry Murphy, Rory McCarthy, Gary Laffin, you know, all these lads kind of came. They pushed the thing a little bit to him and other. But I remember Colin saying to me after the All Ireland, he said, "My God," he said, "I often thought of what it'd be like to win an All Ireland." But it never hit me what it was going to be like afterwards, and it was pandemonium. And we, we, we the Gaelic bar down in Wexford. I, I was saying, Dale, there was a man from Wales, Brian Morris, used to come over, and Brian, he'd always come over and kind of every Wexford match. He was a first cousin of the Sack Welsh, who, who, who you probably remember the Sack playing full back oh, yeah. for Wexford. 
And uh, the second Christy Hepburn. That's right. I was second. He was he was a great hurler, and and we we were about a few weeks after the match. I mean, Wexford was in meltdown. I mean, the whole place was still celebrating, but the, the guards decided it's time, lads, to put a stop to this. You know, I mean, it, it's getting a bit out of hand. But Brian. Who was staying over for a few extra weeks to celebrate the great Jeez. wins? He, he, he didn't go back to fish guard, but he was coming out of the Gaelic bar at five o'clock, uh, maybe a couple of weeks after the game. And the guards arrived. They said, "Enough is enough." And Brian met him at the door, and the guard said, "Right, you're going back in. We're going in to take their names, you know, to to do the the buys in the pub." And Brian turned around. And he said, "Look, guard, I, I'm really sorry, but I have enough. I'm after drinking enough. I need to go home." He said. So <laughs> Brian thought the guard was wanting to go in and have a pint with him. But, but I said, a kind of, a kind of, a, 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 it, it mirrors exactly the the crack and whatever it was. It was an amazing time, an amazing time. There, you what know, one time in our lives that you and you had a bit more than we had, but we we certainly won't forget. No, absolute magic, and and uh, as I said, we could be here, we could be here until uh, about I don't know what time today, but look, uh, Dems. We're gone over the hour, and we usually kind of say if we could do a good forty minutes, we'd be delighted. But the good ones go on, and uh, Larry, in fairness, team has great patience there at home. Uh, tuning into uh, Claire and Wexford fellas reminiscing, and they about to do back to back now. Demps, if the uh-huh. end, uh, is announced that uh, there's no championship, they'll be back to back for the first time. Sixty five, is it, Larry? Sixty five. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well done, well done. Congrats yeah. on that. Even done back to back. Wexford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will. We messed up, but uh, we needed the break for the following one. You know what I mean? But actually, actually, Tom, Tom, uh, we're just getting word in there. I think the man who was there when you did the back to back the last time, Oliver Goff, seems to have passed away this morning. I, think. I am so sorry to hear that, Larry. Do um, you know that man? Uh, you, Oliver, and not only a great hurler, a great Wexford man, but an absolute gentleman. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that, Larry. Uh, we're, we're we're a poor county today. There's no doubt about that, you know. And 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 a, a wonderful Wexford man. I, 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 you know, my condolences to his family, and and you know, may he rest in peace. That's that's a bit of a shock there this morning, now. Yeah, and the well last said, man well to win, uh, win in All Ireland for two counties, I believe he won one with that's Kilkenny right. uh, a couple of years later. That's right. That's right. We we'll forgive Oliver for that because he did such marvelous work. But I think in his heart and soul, he was a he was a great. Great Wexford man, but uh, you know what? I'm very, very, very sorry to hear that, uh, Larry. Yeah, he struggled. Yeah, he, we did, he had an interview with the Examiner last year where he, he talked about that time, and yeah, he was he was struggling with illness at that time, but he he obviously battled on for for a good bite after that. Um, yeah, a proud Wexford man indeed. Yeah, they're all proud down there, Larry. That's 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 the blood in their veins, boy. I tell you, um, and uh, we're sorry we abandoned you in 1798. We, <laughs> we couldn't we couldn't get across to, for us, and uh, but we've sent you Davy Fitz now. And as everything started out for you there, and it's looking, I thought it was going to be year year this year, to be honest with you, but sure it might be somebody's year yet. With the help of God, we'll get a bit of action back. But uh, Dems, we could start talking about that now and do another hour. So look, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And and um, I'd like to thank you for joining us and taking the time out of your very busy schedule at the moment. Uh, you're back from your walk and George O'Connor has trees cut and you can see the Slaney again. And uh We've been we've been privileged to be in your company for the hour and a bit, and uh, be safe, Demps, and keep keep her lit down there, and hopefully we'll see you in the in the autumn of the year. Likewise, Dalo and Larry, and thanks very much. And look, maybe we'll do another hour from Wexford when the next All Ireland, Dalo. And listen, just to everybody out there as well, Dalo. Look, stay safe, keep well, and there's always somebody at the end of the phone if somebody needs anything. Take care. Here, here, guys, and, and, and thanks a million for, for listening. Um, and that's us for this week. And, and uh, we don't know what we'll have next week. We're kind of going along as we go, but it's been great. Uh, so thanks a million for listening. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.